return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Alright, the rest of us, let's stand for a second. Did you bring your Bible? Always good. We show scriptures here, but it's always good to take notes and have your Bible. Amen. Say with me, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Again, thanks for being here. Thanks for joining us online as well from uh, maybe part of our church family. Maybe you're from uh, the United States. Maybe you're from some other country. Uh, could be an African country. Could be India. Could be Pakistan, who we've reached uh, some now and in contact with. And uh, But just know that the Lord is with you. Amen. Got a wonderful note from Nigeria last week. Just... Uh, uh, how they were encouraged through the Word of God and blessed uh, blessed by the ministry of the Lord. So we greet Nigeria specifically today. Amen in Jesus' name. Ah, the Lord is good. Okay, so we talked last week on the character of God. And, and of course, you know, started good in the garden, Adam. Then sin came and Adam fell from that place, made in the image of God, but now fell into sin, of course. Sin passed on to all of us, but thank you that Jesus came. And when Jesus came, and when people get born again, then they take on the new nature again. Amen? Amen? Begin to take on the new nature. So you're forgiven right away, but now you start taking on, taking on a new nature. All right? And the new nature is the nature of Jesus Christ. Christ in you. It's a good nature. All right? And so, so that does this out automatically, but it's a process as you're in the Word of God. What happens? We grow, 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 right? Uh, we've got a Lord's uh, painting up here and so forth, which is so good. And it says, of course, uh, uh, you are made in the image and likeness of God. And you look in there. We look in the mirror of God's Word. So if you look in God's Word, New Testament now, because we're in that covenant, right? So we're in that covenant. Not sure why that's popping, but... Uh, uh, we're in that covenant of the New Testament. So therefore, when you look in there and you see the image then of Jesus, and of course, he's just good. So therefore, you look in there and you see Jesus, who is only good. Now, you have to remember that. So most Christians, lots of Christians, they've been born again, they know Jesus, and yet if you're not in the Word of God, you just forget who you are. And so pretty soon you can say, well, I'm saved, yeah, but you still act like everybody else in the world. So, so we should change, amen? 
we change from glory to glory as we look into that mirror of his goodness, of his grace. And I see who I am. I see who I'm forgiven. I see the character that I have that he's given me. And now I remember that and go act like Jesus. Amen. So that's how we want to live our lives. Now, we finish then with 2 Peter, and, and 2 Peter 1, 2 and 4 says that grace is multiplied to us. And I love that. Grace is multiplied through the knowledge of God. So through the Word of God, grace is multiplied. I love grace, amen? But then it gets multiplied to us. Now, His divine power, God's, the Holy Spirit, has given to us all things, say all things, that pertain to life and godliness. Now, when do we need it? Well, we need it now. While we're here in this earth, right? So it's not a question like, oh, it's a Sunday in heaven. No, it's right now. He gives us what we need to be the people who he wants us to be. Amen. Amen. So his, his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life. Notice godliness, character. Notice again, it's through the knowledge of him who called us to glory and virtue. If you're not in the word of God, you can't know the will of God. The word of God is the will of God. So now we're living in this new covenant. So you focus on Jesus. If you want to know what God's like, look at Jesus Christ, who's only good, pure good, pure love, always did good. And then, of course, you get a vision of what the Father's like. So it says, through the knowledge of him, the will of God, we read it for our inheritance. Amen. And so the more you read it, the more you understand who he wants you to be. There's not a reason, there's not a reason to be discouraged, to be down, to be depressed. I'm talking about as believers now. When we know who Jesus Christ is, who Jesus Christ is and how he loves us and cares for us, he comes to lift us up. So we go to the will, the word, and he gives us what we need. And so we've been given exceeding great and precious promises. Through these, you can partake of the divine nature. So Romans said, we're heirs of God and we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Now, that's now. Not in heaven, that's now. Jesus taught us to pray, your will be done on earth now as it is in heaven. So we don't have to live this life of defeat or negativity or anything like that because of what Christ has already done for us. Amen. So we have these great and precious promises that by these we can partake of the divine nature. Amen. So it says, uh, uh, let's see. And we escape the world. Uh, we escape the corruption that's in the world. Now, let's go to first Peter for a second. First Peter, chapter two. Now, as believers, then, we should crave and thirst for and earnestly desire the pure, unadulterated spiritual milk. That's the word of God. So as a believer, you should have a desire to be in the book. If you don't have a desire to read in the book, then you need to check your heart. Amen. You need to check your heart because because as a believer, as a born again believer, you automatically a baby. You don't have to tell a baby, oh, you should be hungry. <laughs> No, the baby just tells you, I'm hungry, and you feed the baby milk. Well, we as newborn babies, we should desire the milk of the Word. Obviously, we grow from there. But the Word, the word is you should desire, you should crave it. Amen? Amen? And that by it, you're nurtured, you grow, say grow. grow. 
since you've tasted the goodness of God and the kindness of the Lord. So you begin to grow so that you know that God is good. You get in the Bible, you begin to grow, grace is multiplied, and you know then, say no, you experience it, you understand it, that God is good. Most of the time. Oh, all the time. Thank you for the three that caught it. All the time. All the time. He's, he's a good God. Amen? Now, I want to go to a verse. Excuse me. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. This is a verse that's probably uh, one of the most inter- misunderstood, one of the most dangerous verses... That's in the Bible. This, this verse here. Sinners quote it. You hear it on Christian radio. You hear it on songs. You hear it from people all over the planet. And it reads, We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Now, most of the time, the vast majority, 90, 90, 90 plus percentile, these all things are negative. So something negative happens in a person's life, and someone says, some Christian says, well, you know, all things work together for good. In the midst of your pain, your suffering, your loss. And the sad thing about that is that, you know, that sounds good. That sounds religious. But, of course, it doesn't fit the New Testament. Now, listen. Listen to me online, and you can share this with anybody in the world, because you're probably not going to hear it from anybody else in the world. But the references to this verse are always skewed. I've never heard anybody teach it the way it should be taught. And I can tell you, I can't even begin to count the people who've had tragedies and things happen to them and, of course, some people use this very well, well, God works for all things for good, and they're never going to serve God again in their life. Saw a thing in a video this week, someone from Fort Myers Beach, and said, by God, I'll never serve him again. I'll never serve him again. Raising their fists. Why? Because their house was gone, things were blown away, all the destruction, they lost everything they had. Uh, God works all things together for good. Those who love Him, and this, this person was a Christian, and they're not concerned. Those who love Him called according to His purpose. This year, all things, most of the time, 99.9% negative. So in other words, God is using all this negative to do something good. He's causing the problems. He's causing the issues. He's, he's working it and shaping you. He's through all this trial and conflict to bring you out to be the person you should be. The last thing, you know, uh, Jesus said in John, you know, uh, 15, he says, you're pruned through the word. You're pruned through the Word. He, he shapes our life through the Word of God. So we have a big disconnect with how the body of Christ sees this. 
and how God means this. Big disconnect. One that taints the Lord in a very negative manner. And the other one that would show God in a very good manner. Okay. So, let's go back a second. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Let's go back some verses. It talks about praying in the Holy Ghost, right? So we're praying in the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit helps our weaknesses. We don't know what we should pray for. The Spirit makes intercession for us, through us. Amen. Amen. Praying in the Holy Ghost. He searches the heart. He that searches hearts knows what's the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. <laughs> you know, some people hate praying the prayer, Lord, not my will, but your be done. And people say, oh, be careful now. Be careful what you say there. Tainted again. That God is mean and God is angry and God's going to get you if you say that. So the Holy Spirit helps us. Why? Because we're weak. Because we don't understand. Our, our brains are very finite as far as what's happening around us or in the world or things like that. And yet the Holy Spirit is praying through us, making intercession for the saints, for the will of God to be accomplished in us. I'll go back in 1 Corinthians 3 a second. I just want to say this. 1 Corinthians 2, excuse me. So the Spirit of God helps us. You know, what? who knows the things of man? Well, we, you know what's in you, amen. The Spirit of man knows what's in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us of God. So we're praying in the Holy Ghost. We're praying in the Holy Ghost and maybe don't understand all the things, and yet the Spirit is revealing things to us that God has given to us. Now, again, let me just say, God can't give you what he doesn't have. So, so if, he's, if he's going to the bank of heaven, okay, I got, a, I got something for Dave, and it's, I'll tell you this, it's never bad. Amen. Because if it's bad, who wants to go to heaven? If you've got a bunch of bad things stored up there, ooh, I don't know if I want to go there. He's only got good things in heaven, right? Everybody wants to go to heaven, right? And there's only one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. But so he's got all these things that are given to us that we know are good. So what God has got for me is good. So I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, and I know things in the natural, right? I know the natural man things, but now I'm getting into the supernatural, the Spirit from God, who, who ministers to us that we might know. Remember, the Holy Spirit is praying for the will of God, the will of God to be accomplished in our lives. Amen? Amen? See, he wants to, what, what is he trying to do? What is he trying to do again? He's shaping himself in us. He's shaping his character in us. If you're, if you're, a, if you're a good parent, let me just say this. If you're a good parent, you're not, you're not shaping your kids to say, hey, put your hand in that door. Let me slam it on it. Ah, what'd you do that for, Dad? You know, I mean, you're not going to slam the door in their hand. Hey, I want to teach you something about this stove. Just put your hand on the hot burner for a second. Just do it for two seconds. How would you do that for? If we had 
a spiritual social services by how Christians refer to God's actions, he would be arrested and put in prison. All right. Based on how he treats his people. Because he's sadistic. He's mean. He's angry. He's upset at you. Well, of course, all those things are false. He's kind. He's good. He loves you. He's not upset with you. He's on your side. But people will then take Romans 8.28. Go back to that verse just for a second, Jennifer. He'll go back. He'll take, they'll take that and say, well, all things work together for good. Really sorry about your situation. Hope it doesn't happen to me. I hear that, folks, listen. <laughs> Sometimes I'm listening to Christian radio and I, th- I hear things like, oh, my goodness, let's go to the Beatles channel. Let's look at the Beatles for a bit. I can't stand it. And the reason I can't stand it is because the Holy Spirit in me can't stand it. Because God's getting a black eye blamed for things that he didn't do. And that's how the devil works. He's a liar. So he paints God in this corner. This is what he did. The most recent, he brought that hurricane, destroyed your life. It works for good, you know. And then people think, people think, well, I don't think I want to serve him. You say, the devil says, that's right. You don't want to serve him. I treated you that way. You don't want to do that. So they say this and they quote it. It's a mantra in Christianity. Well, you know, he works all things for good together for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. He works all things together for good every day, every day, every day, every day. It's grained in people. So what's the revelation of it? Well, what's the next verse there, Jennifer? The next verse says, then in verse 29, that he planned, he predestined, he planned for us to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren, that the Holy Spirit would come out of us, we'd live like Jesus. Now listen, he planned that we'd be conformed to the image of his son, the image of of Jesus Christ. Amen. He planned. Says nothing about a bad thing. Says nothing about anything bad. But that we would be conformed. To the image. Of Jesus Christ. So the context. We've got him praying in the Holy Ghost. And then we have that he works all things. All things that the Holy Ghost is doing. All things that are from God, all things that are revelation from the Word of God, he takes all the context now. Let's put the sandwich together. Don't take it out of context. Put the sandwich together. Context. Say context. So we've got the Holy Ghost moving in our hearts. We're praying in the Spirit and so forth. The things we see that he reveals by his Spirit, freely given to us of God. And all those things then are going to work together for good to those who love Jesus, called according to his purpose. And his purpose is that we would be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. That is the purpose. That's the plan. That's what he wants. That's why he wants you well. 
That's why he wants you blessed. That's why he wants you to do good in life. Not so that you can just be good or feel good, but so you can be his minister to this world. There's a reason he wants to bless you is so you can be a blessing. Let's go back again a second. Romans 8, 28 works all things together for good. You're going to hear this this week. You're going to hear it come out of people's mouths. You're going to hear him say things. You know, he won't, he won't give you more than you can handle or whatever. No, no, he doesn't do that. He doesn't do those things. What does he want to do? He wants to give you something you can handle. Turn to your neighbor and say, he wants to bless you. He wants to give you something you can handle. He wants to bless your life so you can be a blessing to somebody else. So say somebody loses their job. Christian, you know, and you think, oh, thank you, Jesus. Well, God is bigger than that. Not all things work together for good. Your job, well, he's got something better for you then. No, 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 no. He might not. They might be in in welfare after that. They might lose their house, might lose their car. I thought you said he worked it for good. It's you're not looking good for me. I'm not going to church anymore. You know, I meet lots of people and I start sharing Jesus Christ and then they indicate, oh yeah, yeah, I've been born again. Do you go to church? No, I don't go to church anymore. They don't go to church. Why? Because of the negativity that comes from the reference of who God is. He's a good God. He's a very good God. He treats us much better than we deserve. That's because of grace. That's because of his kindness. But he is not causing something in the natural. He's not causing something in the natural to do the supernatural. It's almost like the people act like this. Well, you know, God and the devil, they're just cooking something up for you. All right, what should we do this week, you know? Well, let me just tell you, light and darkness don't mix. So God's not cooking something up with the devil. He doesn't do that. He only does good. Devil only does bad. If you want to know if something's of God, look at the fingerprints. You go to a crime scene, you look at the fingerprints, and they're dusting it off and so forth. Ooh, these are pretty ugly fingerprints and looks like the devil to me. Because it's steal, kill, and destroy. Follow the fingerprints. Follow, follow the thing. Follow the New Testament. Amen. Which tells me, you know, the need for Christians to be in the Bible. Amen. Lots of Christians are like, oh, there's a Bible study. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, oh, no, I, no I, I'm busy. <laughs> read your Bible. Now, you understand, Pastor Dave, read your Bible. I'm busy. You know, I got an early morning. I, I got a lot going on. Yeah, I know. I understand. I got a lot going on, too. But I know what's most important. And if you're a Christian, you should have in you an innate desire for the word. As newborn babes, you desire, you crave it. You want the word. Say, I want the word. Well, you sh- it should be a natural desire. It isn't like, hey, yeah, you know, Pastor Dave mentioned that uh, it's Thursday. Well, maybe I'll read my Bible for a little bit. And, oh, let's see. I guess I'm going to have breakfast now. Got two verses in our breakfast. There you go. My people perish for lack of knowledge. 
And you see people, rather than living where they should live, they're on Grumble Alley. Woe is me. Life is hard. Things are tough. Everything's pessimistic. Everything's negative. Look where America's gone. It's just all going to hell. It's like, whoa, baby, I'm not in that camp. I'm thankful for victory. I'm thankful that God is good. I'm thankful that he's the miracle worker. I'm thankful that the all things are sandwiched between praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit revealing the things of God so that we can be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That is the context. Don't use that verse again with anybody out of context. Talking to you online as well. Don't do that. Don't misrepresent Jesus Christ. If we are a Christian, we are representative of the King of Kings. I represent Him. So I do not want to use something that's going to paint Him in a negative light. Or maybe chase somebody away from the gospel. Christian radio, hurricane and for Well, you know, he works all things together for good. I don't know how he's going to do it. He's working it for good. Puke, puke, puke. Seriously. People are choking on things that aren't biblical. It's true. The Word of God sandwiched in context. Many people take Scripture out of context. They go other directions. But he planned, he planned, he planned us to be conformed to the image of his dear son by the things that come from the Holy Spirit. This is what will bring you to the image of Jesus Christ, not the circumstances of life. Can we agree on that? Otherwise, listen, if you're going to, if you're going to disagree, people are going to say, well, I'll just, God's just speaking to me all the time through this car accident. Oh, he's just speaking to me in the car accident. He's speaking to me. No, no, he's not. Sorry. The simplicity of a baby desiring the word, and certainly then if we're mature, we should be desiring the meat of the word. The simplicity of that should not be compromised with natural things. So he takes the things praying in the Holy Ghost and the revelation of the Spirit, and he works those things together for good to those who love him, called according to the purpose and to be conformed to the image of his Son, Jesus Christ. You know, God wants people to get to heaven, right? He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to eternal life. But I got news for you. Once you find Jesus, he wants to get heaven in you. Not just get to heaven. He wants heaven in us. Amen? His plan is that people would see the character of Jesus Christ in us. I think of John 16, John 16, 33 the world, the turmoil of the world and all that. He said, in the world you'll have tribulation. So people in the world, they're in crisis. Christ, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And Jesus is saying, it should be Christ in us. Yeah. 
not crisis, but Christ in us. Why should people read this? Well, we just came through two years of a pandemic and I see millions of Christians run around like their heads are cut off. Because they don't know the Bible. They don't have peace. They're, fa- they're chasing after all these other things rather than, hello, close as your Bible here. Be nice if you'd spend some time with the master, the author. I'm talking to pastors chasing all kinds of things, worked up over all kinds of stuff and videos and things like that. Just don't send that to me. Get in your Bible. Get in your Bible. The world is in crisis, but we're in crisis in us. Christ is in me. I'm not in a crisis. The things that we go through, again, remember, folks, we live in the United States. We have first world problems. The world really has problems. The world has third world problems. You don't have someone, you know, trying to destroy your house, shoot you, kill you, do all those things like that, take your job. You don't have any of that. We don't have any of that persecution. But in much of the world, that is true. For the dear sister following us from Nigeria and so forth, that's where they live. With Boko Haram ready to kill them. Pretty sad story. No. And so you look at you look at where we're at and you think, no, let's stand in victory. Hey, Jesus said, I've overcome the world. Yeah, well, that's, if he has, then I have. Amen. Why? Because he lives in me. So, Ephesians 4. We have the new man, the old man. So, Ephesians 4 says, and you make a choice here. You put off the former conduct, the old man, corrupt according to deceitful eyes. You take off the old man. You're renewed. How are we renewed? Well, I'm renewed by the Word of God. The Word of God renews my mind to think godly thoughts, to think His thoughts, to think Heaven's thoughts, to see things His way, praying in the Holy Ghost, see things His way, to be conformed to His image. The image, then, is the new man. The next verse, then, in verse, verse 24, then, is the new man. My, my image has changed now. So I prayed in the Holy Ghost. All these things are working together for good. Hallelujah. And I see who I'm supposed to be. And I put on a new man. The new image in Jesus Christ. It was created after, according to God, according to true righteousness and holiness. I put on the new man. What happens when I do that? All right. Let's just look at the next verses. We'll just, got a lot of verses. We'll just go quickly here. Next verse is verse 26. I'm a new person. So if a new person I put away, verse 20, Ephesians 4.26, do I have that up there? I, I don't let the sun go down, be angry, don't let the sun go down in your wrath. Maybe it's verse 25. Verse 25, I'm sorry. Verse 25 says, you put away lying. So you're honest, say honest. You're honest with people, and your new man puts away lying. Verse 26 then and, and so forth. It says, don't be angry. Don't sin. Don't let the sun go down your wrath. Don't give place to the devil. Now, many Christians give place to the devil because they don't know what the devil's doing. I've said this many times. I've worn a jersey here before, my SDSU jersey. 
So if I'm, if I'm going to throw a pass in a game, and guess what? Our color's different than their color. Right? So that, so that if I'm dropping back and I'm looking at the field, I see the right color and I see the wrong color. You will never win in life. Uh, this word is right, too. You will never win if you don't know who your adversary is. You should write it down. You will never win in life. Never. If you don't know who your adversary is. That's why Christians live in defeat. They give place to the devil. Well, if everything is God, he works all things for good. I don't know, boys. I don't know what's happening. Boy, my job's getting worse and this is happening and people are sick. Or... So you know in the natural, hey, they're on the other team. They are an opponent. Therefore, I'm not going to throw to them. I'm going to throw the guy with my jersey and hit him. Right? Strand knows that. So, so the same thing spiritually, you have to know who you are, and you also know who your adversary is. So that you can walk in victory. You can't resist something if you don't know it's something you should resist. But the Bible says, draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to you. Then you resist the devil. A lot of people are resisting the devil. I'm going to resist the devil. Well, try to draw nigh to God. I guarantee you, you do that, it'll push the devil out. It's not, it's not hard to resist the devil. Just draw nigh to God. Just get in his presence. Start praising. Be in the word of God. It's over. What happened? Woo! Devil's gone. Temptation's gone. Well, you can't stand that. So you've got to have first things first, right? Draw nigh to God. You have to know who your God is. You have to know who you are. And then you're in a place where you don't give place to the devil. Verse 28. You're not stealing anymore. You're working. And why are we working? That you may have something to give to those who have need. How about that? You can't give something you don't have. Why would God want to bless you so you can be a blessing? As simple as this. Christian show comes to town and people say, well, I don't think I'll invite them because, why? Because they can't pay for their own ticket. You have free tickets for me? You have free tickets for me? They can't pay for their own ticket. How are they going to buy somebody else's ticket? So God wants to bless you, new nature now. New, amen? So that you may have something to give to those who are in need. All right, let's go to the next verses then. No, no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. What do you want? You want the words that come out of your mouth that would be edifying and impart grace to the hearers. Well, that's not difficult if you take inventory like what's coming out of my mouth. It's like if you're, like, you're driving the car and the red engine light comes on, it's not rocket science to think, I better stop. <laughs> my engine needs oil. Right? If you have things coming out of your mouth, your mouth is going to steer your life. And if you have things coming out of your mouth that's just leaving, leading you down the wrong path, you stop so that you can speak something that's graceful, edifying. Let me say, just to you or yourself. That's why you speak the word over yourself anyway. That's why you make declarations. Your spirit hears it. You're built up. Say, thank you, Jesus. That's who I am. Ministers grace to the first, this is the first hearer, but then anybody else that hears it, right? New nature. New nature in God. Listen to what you're saying. New nature. Verse 30 then. 
We're sensitive. We don't grieve the Holy Spirit, but we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit. How many people think, Lord, what do you, what do you just speak to me today as I go to work and drive and thank you, Holy Spirit, how you love people, the workplace and so forth? How you care about their lives, sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Maybe he's got a word for somebody. How many people think that way? I mean, we're talking to us, right? This, like, spirit-filled spirit church, spirit-filled church. Yeah, I, partly. I understand that. We believe it. But being sensitive to the Holy Spirit is a whole another thing. Being sensitive. We're, we're spirit-filled. We're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Verse 31. These are all things of the new nature, the new man. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, put away from you with all mouth, evil intent. Boy, think about that. Think about that in the body of Christ. Everything people are saying. We've got people out there cursing our government and cursing this and that. And they whoa, 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 wait a minute. What are you cursing them for? They're, they're on the other side. Like, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. I think we're called to bless them. People say, but they're sinners. Yeah, bless people. Right. How are sinners going to become saints? How are people going to get saved unless they hear something from Believers, they get close enough to him and say, hey, you know, Jesus really loves you. Amen. He really cares about your life. He's on your side. Amen. So, put away the evil speaking. Put away the evil intent. Put away the, all this other stuff. Remember, anger is one letter short of danger, right? All right. Verse uh, 32 then. So we come to this place. And he says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving, even as God, for Christ's sake, forgave you. This is the new nature. This is the person we put on. This is we're praying in the Holy Ghost and all these things are coming to us and the Holy Spirit says, Dave, I want you to forgive. Okay, works together for good. Yeah, forgive, forgive, be nice. Kind, be nice. Say be nice. Be tender hearted. Yeah, all right. I'll see him. Let's see. All right. But anything but tender, right? Tender-hearted, forgiving, even as God forgave you. Now, keep in mind, if you don't forgive, he's not forgiving you. New Testament. You hold on to something, I'll just do it my way. Well, you can, but it won't be good. Guarantee you. Because <laughs> it's not biblical. So you have to forgive. You have to do it his way. So, let's go to these last references in Luke 6. I love these things. Because these are things, I just have to say, these are things I've had to apply in my life. My family that hated me when I became a Christian didn't like the person I'd become and was becoming. <laughs> Until they all got saved finally, hallelujah. Wish it would have happened decades earlier, but it didn't. But at least they got saved before they died. Amen. But it says, it says, God says, Jesus said, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who despitefully use you. If this... If you have problems today, if you're living in the United States and you have problems today with people, issues, sinners, government, and so forth, let me just say, you got, you got to get in the Word. You got to get in the Word. Because we look at it and say, love your enemies. Yeah, well, my cousin didn't treat me nice. I didn't like the way that person... And folks, we're not, we're not even scratching the surface what an enemy is. What other people face in the world. Those who hate you. Not even scratching the surface. 
Because they hate you because they want to kill you. We have people listening that are in this camp. We have people listening that are in this situation. People that we know personally are in this situation. That's why I always, I always look at Americans like, wait, you don't really have problems, folks. Those who curse you. Who's going around cursing you? Who's going around spitefully using you? And it says, pray. It didn't say, let's, have a, let's cast that down. They're just spitefully using us. No, it says, pray for them. I think that's talking about blessing them. They're despitefully using you. Bless them. So we go farther on down, Luke chapter 6, 35 and 36. So it says, love your enemies, do good, lend, hoping for nothing in return. Don't, don't even look for a return. Your reward will be great. You will be sons of the Most High. He is kind to the unthankful and the evil. Now, the only way I get there is that I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm in the Word of God. The Holy Spirit, of course, is revealing things to me, lots of things. But all those things are working for good because I love Jesus. I'm called according to His purpose, and He's conforming me by your choice, actually, because you're submitting yourself on the altar of sacrifice. He's conforming me to the image of His dear Son. And he is saying, Jesus is saying, God is saying, I, I am kind to the unthankful and evil, and I want you to be my children of the Most High. Let me remind you, God is kind to the unthankful and evil. Let me remind you, Jesus, God our Father, the Holy Spirit is kind to the unthankful and to the evil. Why is he that way? Because he paid the price. Jesus Christ paid the price for their sins. He wants them to get saved. They won't get saved if I'm like this to them. I am a repellent then. My Christianity stinks in their nostrils. But they could get saved if I am nice to them. If I keep a sweet temperament. Then something's planted that can bring transformation in their heart. Martin Luther King Jr. said this. He says, love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. He's exactly right. It's the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. And he says, I want you to be like me, and this is how I am. Therefore, be merciful as your Father is merciful. Say merciful. Say, Lord, help me. Why? Because we need this. Our natural be- man, our old man, is unmerciful. Our old nature is unmerciful. And so, therefore, we can react without mercy to people. When he wants us to react with mercy. My parents, there were times they cussed at me. They swore at me. Blowing cigarette smoke. Booze and everything else. And we'd leave their place in Iowa and we'd have to just shake. Literally, we shook our clothes smelling like smoke. (laughs) Always amazed me. The three Hebrew children didn't even smell like smoke that came out of the fire. Man, I smell like smoke, like cigarettes, you know. (laughs) 
But we'd shake it off. And then do what? We'd go back and love them again. We'd go back and be nice to them again. We'd go back and treat them with respect again. Never said, God will judge you. Never said, no, we're never going back again. And we just, we would go back. My dad in his old age, I drive all, my mom now has passed away. Then in his old age, before he passed away, I'd drive all the way down to Iowa. I'd buy him the chocolate bars that he wants because now he's in a nursing home. He had to give up every vice he has, not smoking his, all the cigarettes, not drinking all the booze. Not a, he's just in the home. He can't see, he can't walk or anything. But I go down there and I give him chocolate bars. And I tell him, now, Dad, just eat a little at a time and so forth. Don't eat them all at once. He grin and he'd throw them in the drawer. And he, I knew he'd just gobble them down. But one day he said he wanted to pray and give his life to Jesus. It was one of the great days of my life. And he prayed. And he gave his heart to the Lord. And the peace of God came. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. And when he died, we said our goodbyes, said, I'll see you in heaven. Amen. My brother that wanted to kill, kill himself and was ready to, to commit suicide and all that, and I prayed with him. And he was my oldest brother, but he was a very angry person because of the Vietnam War and all the hell that he went through. He had three purple hearts. He had the silver star. He had all these things. And yet when we prayed, and he said he'd pray, and I said, take my hand. Man, this guy's strong. And he just squeezed my hand. And I prayed this prayer. I prayed a long life prayer in that case. And I had him pray it with me, a long life prayer. Anything I could think of. And we were in this car. And we finished the prayer. And our eyes were closed. And I said, can you feel that? And he said, yes, the presence of Jesus sweet presence of Jesus. This is a brother that would cuss me out. Hated who I had become. But the sweet presence of Jesus came. And I said, that's Jesus. Oh, he says, yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, boy. He's merciful. He's kind. We only get that. We're praying in the Spirit. We're in the Word of God. All these things are working and conforming me and so forth that I can be conformed to the image of His dear Son, Jesus Christ. So I can be who He wants me to be. That's a good thing. The verse is down from there. This is the last verses. So we'll read those verses. I think it's verse 37, 38. Okay. So judge not, and you shall not be judged. Who am I to judge? I'm not a judge of the world. Let me, let me just say this. The only thing the Lord, as far as a courtroom setting, the only thing the Lord said is, I want you to be a witness. You're not the judge, you're not the jury. You're not the prosecutor. He's the defendant, uh, or the defender, I know that. We're a witness in this court, not a judge and a jury. Don't condemn, you'll not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Pretty heavy statement right there. And then notice verse, verse 38, which is usually used for offerings, but it's not that context. The context of everything he's talking in Luke 6 is about character. The character of Jesus. Loving, doing good, blessing, praying for others, all that. He says, give that and it will be given to you. Give that good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. That's the same measure that will be measured back to you. God will measure back to you what He has. And when you give love 
forgiveness and grace and kindness and mercy and all those things we can only get because of the Holy Spirit conforming us, right? And all those things are working together for good because I love Him and I'm yielding to Him. They're all working together for good and I'm being conformed to His image of His Son, Jesus Christ. And then the world begins to see Jesus. Then the world begins to see, wow, you people are like Jesus. Like they said in the book of Acts when they said they're Christians, they act like Jesus. That's what we want the world to see. That's the kind of nature and goodness we want the world to see. You have something to say here? As Pastor prays, um, I just, I feel like this sermon is, like, reflective. Would you agree with that? Um, it's, you know, I think it makes all of us really think amen to that. So, you know, we always close in prayer. But as he closes in prayer, you can even put on soft music or something and Listen to the Holy Spirit. Let's take these few minutes as he prays to not get distracted, um, not be defensive, right? Mm. And let him shine his light. I'm speaking to myself, too. Yeah. Amen. All this is uh, its exactly right. I'm ministering out of how the Holy Spirit's talking to me every day, all the time. And then how I relate to people and share with people and so forth. This, this, is, this is what he's doing in us. Amen. So I want you to close your eyes for a second. Lord, we surrender to you. Just put a hand up for a second. Just like, we surrender. We surrender. Not my will, but your will be done in us. Not my way, but your way. Not my nature, but your nature. Lord, not my own old self, but my new self in you. We submit ourselves to you, Lord God. We thank you for your character and your virtue being shaped and formed in us. We thank you for your word that gives us great revelation and great encouragement for who we should be as your people. And Father, I thank you that you're anointing us with the Spirit so that we can reach our world. <laughs> And all the people around us, just, wow, we can reach our world with your love. We thank you, Jesus, for your grace that is multiplied to us because we need it. We just need a lot of grace. <laughs> we need mercy. Hallelujah. Thank you for mercy. So we're going to show mercy and reap mercy. Father, I thank you for your work here in this church, but also people online and people in other countries and people all over the world that can get a misrepresentation of who you are. I thank you, Lord, that you're revealing yourself by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for shaping us into your people. Thank you for working in us that which is your good workmanship for your glory. Thank you, Jesus, <laughs> that we're not the same as we once were and we're not finished yet, but we're moving forward. Thank you, Jesus, for your great love for us. Thank you, Father.
I speak blessings over this church. I speak blessings over the internet congregation. I speak blessings that would go to many other people, Lord. That would share this or tell others, Lord. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Say, thank you, Jesus. Say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, you can live in revival. You can live in revival. If you're in His presence, you're in revival. I'll tell you that. It's a mighty river of the Holy Ghost. can live in revival every day. Every day on your job, you can live in revival in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for this. Thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Today would be a very good day to let go of grudges. Amen. You know, just let it go, right? Um, Bitterness, can you let it go? You can do it today. Just let it go. There's many in here. Have you been disappointed? Has someone disappointed you? Has someone let you down? Sure, we've all experienced that. Just let it go. Let the disappointment go. Can you feel the freedom? Can you let go of that resentment? Just let it go. Just go like this. Let it go. Go ahead. Shake an arm. Just say, let it go. Let it go. We let it go. You know, uh, practice the word. Take, use your phone. Just, just practice. Say, hey, I was just thinking of you today. I just want you to know I love you. Just thinking of you today and just say, I want, I want you to know I appreciate you. I'm talking about maybe a family member or a friend or something like that. Maybe, maybe somebody that you feel a little bit uh, separated from. Use your technology to reach right through the walls into their home. They might not even respond, but you know, they looked at it, planted a seed. Amen. Planted a seed, planted a nice seed. There was a guy who used to be in this church and he, he had gone a whole other direction and so forth. And then it was a New Year's Eve and I was, I was texting, texting some different people. And then I happened to see this guy's name in my phone. I thought, I haven't talked to this guy forever, you know, years. So I texted him, just spoke into his life. And then a little while later, I get a phone call. And I, he texts me back. I text him again. Then I get a phone call, and he said, Why are you texting me? I said, Because I thought of you. <laughs> because Jesus loves you. And I, tell he, I could tell he'd been drinking. He was drunk. I said, That's why. Nothing else in my heart. Oh. Oh, he said. Oh, okay. Yeah, I said, Hey, he's got a good plan for your life. Yeah, well, I don't know. No, he does. He's got a good plan for your life. That's why I texted you. You can touch people right from your phone. You can touch people around the world right now. We just all the time. Jeannie's in the front row of messages. Always texting people that are responding from around the world. It's amazing. You know, some just, you know, private messaging and stuff. You can touch people. Send out a text. Send out some note. Send it out to some family member. Even if you've got a great family thing, send out a thing. Hey, I thought of you today. I just want you to love you so much. Just want you to know Jesus loves you so much. I'm just thinking about how good God is. Amen. Send it out. It'll be like salve on people's hands, like lotion. Amen. 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 Can we thank the Lord for that? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So stand up and shake about five hands. Bless your neighbor. You can share the message as well, of course. And bless your neighbor.
Sure glad you're here. Come on back tonight. Amen. At 630. Well, have a great, it'd be a great time tonight. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.